is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone. So today, please welcome Rob Robin with me right here. Um, he is a founder and CEO of Leading Supply Chain Consultant in Australia, New Zealand, or even Southeast Asia, called Logistic Bureau, and they help. Um, Organization to improve their supply chain management and also logistic operation. I mean, this thing right now is like at the crisis period still. Thank you so much, Rob, for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be with you. Always nice to be chatting to uh, people around the world and particularly chatting to someone in my second home, Thailand, which is great. Yeah, amazing. Even though we are like many miles apart, but I'm so glad that we connect. Yeah, that's great. Um, welcome to Get Unstuck Radio, Rob. Very nice to be with you today. Yeah, so in case anyone don't know what is supply chain actually means, can you just give some foundation background to my audience right here? Oh, well, everyone around the world is an expert on supply chain now because uh, a few months ago they were running out of things in the supermarkets. <laughs> and uh, everybody now knows that supply chains are there to get your toilet tissue and your food and your rice and your milk into the supermarkets. So uh, in, in a very simple way, I guess, everything that we consume got to us through a supply chain. And that's what it's about. It's the, the storing and the warehousing and the buying of the products. So uh, it's really important function in business. Oh yeah, indeed. And it's quite a headache though for like many new business owner or like who just started and want to set this back in out, right? That's why your consulting coming in. Yeah, so we, we work with lots of uh, lots of companies, generally quite big companies, the big multinationals. Um, but yeah, we work with smaller companies as well who are starting up. So uh, everybody needs to have a very efficient supply chain, and everybody's really struggling at the moment with uh, with their supply chain, of course. So uh, things are starting to settle down, though. I think the last few months have been particularly difficult. Um, you know, with stock availability and, and making sure that customers are getting what they wanted. Um, and of course, with so much home delivery going on now, a lot of our consulting clients have seen their home delivery offering double or triple. Um, so, you know, everybody's sitting at home and wanting everything delivered to home. So let me go back to where you start. How long have you been in business? Oh, uh, not that long, actually, 23 years. So uh, you're probably thinking, well, you look a little bit older than 40. Um, oh, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I actually, um, after leaving school, I joined the British Army. And uh, 
that's a long story I won't go into, but I, I was working mainly in logistics. And uh, that's really where I got my interest in logistics. And I, I worked there for about uh, oh, 22 years um, in, a, in a lot of uh, management roles and planning roles and operational roles. And uh, I was very lucky that uh, the army sent me to Cranfield University in the UK to study a master's degree in logistics. That wasn't a very good move for them because um, that really opened up a whole new world of logistics for me outside of the military. And two years after that, I left because I wanted to go and play with, with uh, you know, real logistics in, in, in the commercial world. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it was at that time that I, I moved out to Australia, which was uh, all about 1993, moved out from the UK. And uh, I joined a consulting firm based here in Australia, really loved it, um, but I wanted to do it a little bit differently my way. And so after three years, I left to start my own business, uh, Logistics Bureau. So we started that in 1997 and uh, very satisfying. Actually, a few years later, I bought the consulting firm that I'd started in. So, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the backstory. Yeah. And what exactly do you do over there, like in Logistics Bureau? Well, I, of course, when, when you start a business, um, you, you end up, you know, particularly if it's a very small business, uh, you end up doing everything yourself. So uh, in the early days, I was, um, you know, doing all of the consulting work with a business partner. And on the weekends, I was doing the accounting and trying to do the marketing. Uh, but we grew fairly rapidly. So uh, if, if I look forward now, 23 years, um, okay, I, I might be the CEO, but... I'm not really working in the business as much as I used to a few years ago. So, and I think that's a key thing for business owners to understand the difference between working in the business and working on the business. So probably 70% of my time now is working on the business, which is, uh, you know, growing the business, looking at new products, uh, expanding into new markets, that type of thing. So at about 30, maybe 40% is working in the business with clients, but, we have quite a large team now who, who do that and they probably do it a lot better than I could. So since you mentioned that, what do you think are the key things for a business owner to be successful? Whoa, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I think many business owners get into business without really knowing, uh, you know, and unless you've kind of done an MBA or something like that, there isn't really anyone there to teach you what it's like to run a business and how to start a business. And, and very often our family background or our circle of friends are not really business owners either. So I think for a lot of business owners, we kind of just try and see what works and, and so on. Uh, certainly I was a bit like that, but um, I, th I think the essential things to me that are going to help you be successful are number one, that you've got to genuinely like helping people. A business is about, people. You're either selling them a product or a service. Uh, it's about relationships. Uh, and if you generally don't want to help people, it's going to be tough because it's very hard to have good relationships in business. Um, I think you've got to have self-confidence. And, and I don't mean overconfidence or arrogance, but you've got to have faith in yourself. Um, because what happens particularly, uh, and this happened in my life a few times, so uh, people around you will try to protect you, particularly family and friends, and they don't want you to make mistakes. And they say, oh, that's a bit risky. Don't do that. 
Uh, I mean, I, I left a wonderful career in the British Army with you know a great pension and threw it all the way to come to Australia. And my father and father-in-law were sort of, you know, you're mad, what are you, you know, that's a job for life with a great pension. Uh, and then I got into a, a really great consulting company, you know, three years later, I said, no, I'm actually going to go and start my own business. They said, no, you're mad, you know, stay where you are. Um, so I think you've got to listen to the right people. And, um, you know, it's great to listen to family and friends giving you advice, but if they aren't business owners, if they haven't done the things that you want to do, you know, they've got your best interests at heart, but maybe they're not, not great business advisors. So I think you've got to uh, kind of listen to people who've already done the things that you've done. Um, and then I think another tip is probably manage risk. Uh, I can be very impulsive sometimes, and uh, I like the idea perhaps of a different product or a different business. I mean, I've started, I don't know how many, 12 businesses probably. Um, but you, you, you do have to sit back and think about the risk. Um, don't, don't kind of demotivate yourself, but plan for things not working out as you expected. So, so that's, that's probably, that's probably a, a bit of a summary. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I want, I want to know something, um, in the British army, when you study logistics in terms of like military style, and then when you enter business school, are there any difference? Yeah, huge difference. Um, and, and it's interesting, a, a lot of people in the military contact me uh, looking for jobs or for career advice. And they say, you know, oh, I've, I've been working in logistics in the military for you know, 10 years, 20 years. Uh, I say, it's very different. <laughs> it's, the, the, the general sort of physical operation is the same. You're moving product from a point of supply to, to a point where it's going to be used. And there's, there's lots of similarity, obviously, in that. Um, but the big difference is on the commercial side. Mm. So to a degree in the military, the cost really doesn't come into it. Um, you know, if, if, I, if I had to supply, you know, ammunition and food to 20,000 soldiers, um, I'm not that worried about the cost of transport. Um, it's very different, obviously, in the commercial world because everything is based around how much will it cost, how will it impact profit, and that's the big, big difference. But the principle of you know warehousing and transport is the same, of course. Mm. Oh, when you mention that, I see the picture now, like the way that many company like purpose to the military and then like when they choose, yeah, that's mm. that different perspective, right? Uh huh, got it. So, I mean, since you you have experienced like almost my life. <laughs> like you start a business, like I was like four years old. So what is your management style and how does it work currently for your team? Since you mentioned that right now you're working on the business more. Yeah, it's uh, management style is really interesting. Um, I would say to people, don't necessarily try to change your management style. You, you are who you are and you, know, you need to uh, sort of be true to yourself and not try to be someone else. Um, but I, I think you also need to be realistic and understand how your management style impacts other people. Mm. Um, one of the best things we ever did in our business was to start personality profiling. And we did that about 10 years ago. Uh, so everybody does a personality profile and there's lots of different types out there uh, and we all know each other's profile which is great and um, 
so, so for example, uh, one of my fellow directors loves to talk. And, uh, you know, if, if he wants to discuss something and maybe there's a decision, I now know what his style is and I know he needs to talk it out and, and hear views and it's going to take at least 15 minutes. So I do not walk into his office unless I've got 15 minutes to spare. <laughs> so, and, and conversely, he really now understands that I, I like two-minute conversations <laughs> because I'm really busy. Uh, I, I suffer from uh, ADD, attention deficit disorder. Uh, so it means I'm, I'm really sort of quite hyper all the time and I'm doing lots of things at once. Um, so because we understand each other's style, we can now work together much better. So, I mean, in terms of overall style, I suppose there's two um, complete opposites. There's, there's the management style where you want to manage everything very carefully and all the tasks. Uh, and that's not me at all. Um, I'm at the other end of the scale where I'm, I'm very relaxed, very laid back and just kind of let people get on with it. Is that good? I, th I think either style is fine as long as you understand the impact on the people around you. So as, as an example, I have, I have the most fantastic executive assistant. If you're watching this, <laughs> you, know, you know, we work well together. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was talking with her the other day and I, was, I, was, I said, how do you manage working with me? You know, I, I, so many things I do, it's like last minute ideas. And so I'm used to it, you know, don't worry about it. Um, so I, I think, you know, as, as long as you're aware of how your style impacts the people around you. Um, and so, for example, if I'm doing lots of things at the last minute and I'm coming up with ideas, I need to be very conscious that some of my team will need a certain amount of time to get things done. Uh, and so, you know, I have to be realistic. But, but they also know then that I'm not going to manage them, you know, minute by minute. I'm mm. Very hands off. Uh, and so once we agree what needs to be done, I just leave them to do it. And uh, I, I find that works really well and, and, and people rise to the challenge and they get very creative. Um, and, and some of the best things that we do are because people were just left to get on with it and come up with their own ideas. But of course, it depends on the type of business that isn't necessarily always going to work. It wouldn't work in the medical sector, for example. Yeah. How should we, how should we do this procedure? <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that would be risky. <laughs> yeah, so since you mentioned that we should understand each person's style, and what is your secret when you start hiring people to work with you then? I'll tell you a secret. I'm probably not very good at hiring people. Oh. Um, I, I think that's a real art um, or a science. I'm not sure. Um, sadly, I've, I've hired a number of people over the years that didn't work out. And, and I, I, I take that as a personal reflection. That was a, a bad decision on my part. And I, and I often reflect on that and thinking, why did I hire that person? And why didn't it work out? Um, and, and I think, you know, there's a very strong responsibility on, on people hiring to make sure that you're hiring people that are going to fit really well into the business. Um, so how do I go about hiring really good people? Um, I look for attitude over everything. So depending on the role, uh, if, it, if it's going to be a, for a new consultant, for example, they obviously need to have the right professional training, the right background. Um, 
but above all, I'm, I'm looking for the right attitude. Um, the attitude to the work, the attitude to the rest of the team, to clients, uh, because skills and things like that can be taught over time, but attitude is very difficult to change. So um, if, if I get any sort of feeling, you know, during an interview, any sort of gut feel that I'm not sure if this person's going to fit, they're not. You know, so it's, I think you have to listen to that, that gut feel. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this might sound a bit soft, but I, I want to make sure that I like the people that are working with us. Um, all, all of our businesses are like families and, um, you know, to, to bring in an individual into that family who's maybe got very different attitudes and style, which, which could kind of upset the family a bit, is, is not always a good thing. Sometimes it can be good if, they, if they're going to challenge us in a good way. But I think you have to make sure that you're, you're, you're you know, what's the impact of this, this new person on the team going to be like? Um, and actually, for, for, for my personal support team, um, and they're all the people that help me with my marketing and all that kind of stuff. Um, See you next time. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't go into all of that, but I, I run five YouTube channels and 14 blogs. And so I actually have, I actually have quite a, a big support that's helping me do all of that. Um, it's funny, whenever we're hiring a, a new person within that team, the team makes the final decision. So I, I, might, I might interview some candidates uh, and then basically my executive assistant who runs that team, I say, okay, over to you guys. Uh, and they'll take the person out for lunch and have a chat. And then you know, they'll come back and I'll say, how did it go? And they'll go, ah, <laughs> won't fit. Or, uh, yeah, we really like her. She's great. Um, so, you know, I, I, think you, I think it's good to involve the, the team because, you know, you're, you're inviting someone into your family. Yeah, I think that makes sense, though. And I 100% agree with you about attitude. That's very hard to change. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. that you can be taught, like, Totally agree. Because like, if I see some red flag during interview, I'm just like, no. Because I really yeah. want to work with someone who feel peaceful, like make me feel peace. Yeah. I don't want to feel rushed anymore. Like keep following yeah. up or like keep going back and forth. That's like my night. And, and you, want to, you want to enjoy working with that person. And, and sometimes going on that gut feel is when I've made a bad hiring decision. Because I've got on really well, you know, during the selection process with that person. I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're going to be great to work with and going to be fantastic on the team. Uh, and, and, and maybe that clouded my judgment a bit. Um, you know, who knows? So it's, I, I think hiring people is probably one of the most difficult things as a business owner and getting it right. Yeah. And we because the trick is when you, when you hire some really good people, hang on to them and <laughs> don't let them go. That's another issue, right? They might want yeah, to at right. some point. Yeah. And so in that case, how do you keep your people stick around, like as your team member, as your employee? Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's, it's hard. And I, there's a lovely quote. I think it's from Richard Branson um, or, or was it Steve Jobs? Uh, and it was around training people. Mm. Um, you know, you, you should... Oh, how does the quote go? Um, you know, it was something like, what if we give them all this great training and they go, and they leave us? Well, they're probably going to leave you anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think you've got to be very supportive. You've obviously, you know, on the, on the practical side, you've got to make sure that people are well rewarded. Um, but I think even more important than that, they, they need to feel uh, valued and part of the team. Um, 
I, I very often will have discussions with my team about, you know, what their expectations are for the future. And uh, it's really interesting, really interesting conversations and very open. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, look, in a couple of years, I'd like to move on and do, you know, something different. And this is what I'd like to do. And that's great. You know, let's have this conversation now. I'd much rather find that out now than suddenly in two years time, you say I'm leaving. Mm. Um, so we, we can manage that process. Now, now that I know that you've got that ambition, you know, maybe I can help you towards that as well. And, and you know, we, we can enjoy the, the next two years together at least. Yeah. Like you mentioned that we should manage the risk, right? That is a part of the risk to your business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are, there are certain members of my team, we have an understanding. If they ever want to leave, they've got to give me a year's notice. <laughs> I mean, I can't enforce that. But, uh, you know, what I mean is it's, it's such a good relationship that, um, you know, they're, they're never going to kind of leave quickly. Yeah. So they'll always let me know if they're thinking of leaving and we'll, we'll manage the process. They might not using the word leaving. They might say that chasing the new path. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, 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 and I think also, you know, as a business owner, you have to accept, uh, particularly with younger people, you know, you can't expect someone in their 20s to join your business and be there for the next 40 years. You know, they, they, they're going to move on. They've got careers, they've got ambitions, and, and uh, you know, they, they may be able to achieve some of that with you, um, but ultimately they're probably going to move on. So just accept it. Um, actually, with, with my support team, it's quite funny. Um, one of my key staff left about two years ago. Um, she wanted to uh, get into education, um, educating kids in rural communities and this kind of thing. And I said, oh, look, that's, that's a fantastic thing to do. Um, I said, but let me tell you this, I hope you hate it <laughs> because maybe then you'll come back. And we, and we kept in touch and uh, she did that for a couple of years. She said it was really good, but I kind of miss, you know, working with you guys. So I said, what? Your seat's still warm. You know, you've still got your seat ready for you. So she came back. Oh, so she like doing both business together or? No, 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 no. She left to be a teacher for two years. Oh. And, uh, and then we kept in touch and, you know, I, I kept saying, I'll get you back one day. And then she said, okay, I'm ready. Wow. So, uh, and, and, and I think that's, that's uh, I, I, I think a good lesson too, that, you know, if people are going to move on, stay in touch, you know, keep the relationship going. Um, you know, if they're good people and you, you want to have them back again, maybe they'll come back and, and join you at a more senior role. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you gave a very great opportunity for, for your team members because that's not mm. very often, right? Like have that windows open and you can come back. And yeah, I mean, we, we, we have that all the time, to be honest. Oh. Um, People know that if, if they leave, the doors open. So, you know, obviously, if, they, if we leave on good terms, oh, yeah. uh, which, which generally we do. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, some of our best consultants have, have been off and done other things. And then five, ten years later, even, they come back again. Yeah, great to have you back. Yeah, and you actually have earned more experience from them. Since they left, they go, they go out to explore more. And yeah, that's right. They're, they're bringing back. They're bringing back, you know, more experience, more knowledge and so on. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That, that's already, yeah. I learned a lot from you today. So since you mentioned that, um, what inspired you to keep growing your business? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always starting new businesses and, 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 uh, and growing the ones I've got. Um, 
why? I, I just love what I'm doing. I love creating things. Um, I, I love dealing with our clients on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I love working, you know, with our team. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, with, with our internal team, like I say, it's like a family. So, I, you know, that's really great. You want to, you know, keep the family together, keep the family going. Um, and, and you look forward to working with them every day. With our clients, um, with our consulting clients, they're more like friends, to be honest. And so it's, it's just a delight working with them. And, and, you know, you look forward to doing projects with them. And I think that's a key to business. You know, if, if you wake up in the morning and you're really not looking forward to what you're going to be doing, you're probably running the wrong kind of business. Yeah, I agree. Especially me right now, doing, dealing with this time zone thing. If I'm not loving yeah. what I do, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So, what about... Um, have you start other business that like you have success or you have failed before? Like this one is your core business and what about other business? Yep. I've failed lots of times. I think, um, I think if you talk to successful business owners and they tell you that they've never failed, they're lying. Um, we learn through failure. And, and also I think the nature of being a business owner is that you're quite ambitious, you're very highly motivated, and you'll try things that just don't work. You, you know, and maybe even at the back of your mind, you kind of thought it might not work, but I want to try it anyway. Um, so yeah, when, if I look back over the years, and uh, particularly in the early years, I started an IT business, which was a total disaster. I should never have done that. I mean, I don't know anything about IT. It looked like a, a good idea. It was a good fit with the consulting business. Uh, I started a recruiting business, you know. Uh, again, I, that's not a skill set really that I've got. So both of those we ended up giving away to other people. Oh, and a training business, that one didn't work. Um, I opened up a business in China, which wasn't very successful. Um, you know, culturally and, and with the language difficulties and so on, it was just too hard. And I, I should have foreseen that. Um, but the the businesses that I had more passion for, that I had the experience and the skills and the education for, those are the ones that worked. So three consulting businesses, a couple of education businesses, um, actually a, an outsourcing business, you know, all of those have been very successful. Um, so I think the secret to that, and, and um, oh, another quote, and I forget who said it, whether it was Gary Vaynerchuk or someone, um, you know, fail fast and fail cheap. So if, if you're doing something, you're not sure if it's going to work, uh, don't put too much investment into it and decide pretty quickly if it's going to work or not. So all of those businesses that were not successful for me, I pulled, pulled the plug on those within months, except one. <laughs> that went seven years. <laughs> <laughs> because I was passionate about it. It did work. It did work. But um, it, it was something that uh, required a lot of my time and the rewards probably weren't that great. And, uh, yeah, you know, the rest of the team were saying to me, should we really keep doing this? <laughs> yeah. So it's go back again to risk management. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. really stick to the foundation. I really love it. 
Yeah, so and, and I suppose that one that lasted seven years, I just loved it, loved it so much. That's why I hung on to it. Um, but but you know, in the end, my CFO said to me, you know, you put so much into this, you know, and 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 you're neglecting the rest of the businesses, you know. You're right. Okay. Yeah, we have to trust the CFO. <laughs> Don't have problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned about the culture difference. Um, this is something that I also facing on daily basis as well. But right now you're a consulting firm, like um, you are leading in the many regions currently, like Asia Pacific, also from the uh, Australia and New Zealand side. I mean, how do you overcome these differences? I, I, I don't see it as anything to overcome, to be honest. Um, and, and what is what is interesting over the last few months when so many of us now are doing business online uh, and having to get used to working remotely, we've always done that. And so, you know, we might be doing projects in Indonesia or the Philippines, Mongolia, um, mm. any, anywhere. Uh, do we have offices in those places? Not necessarily. Um, do we do we have? You know, expertise in those countries, not really. We're, we're bringing the technical expertise that we have to those situations in those countries. Um, so just because I'm based in Australia doesn't mean that I can't support businesses elsewhere around the world. We're, do, we're doing a lot of work in the Middle East at the moment. Um, and, and our consultants are either doing that remotely or just prior to the pandemic, they would fly up to those clients. So um, I, I don't see regional business as a challenge at all um, because we do it with a centralized model mm. so that that was my mistake in china i actually set up an office in china and then of course you have to replicate the whole structure in that chinese business so i think the lesson for me was that retain a centralized structure in consulting it's easy uh, and then you just send the consultants out to the to the various client projects and that works very well and uh, i i I love doing international projects um, because I think it's great for our consultants. It gives them exposure to different cultures, different ways of working. Uh, they, they learn so much from working in different countries that they can apply that knowledge then to, to other projects. Um, and hey, who doesn't like to travel? You know, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just before the pandemic, I had a couple of guys in Egypt doing a project. You know, the, They were sending back videos of, you know, oh, we're just having a break from running a workshop. And hey, look. Here's the pyramids, <laughs> right in the middle of Cairo. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I would love to go to Egypt for like scuba diving mm. in the Red Sea. Like that is one of yeah. my bucket lists that after this yeah. pandemic, that have to be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very last thing. Um, what would be the some tips that you would give to other business owners currently? Oh, tips, tips. Um, okay, probably around people. So first one would be hire the best people you possibly can mm. and never, ever be afraid to hire people who are smarter than you. Mm. In fact, that, it's a good thing to do. And I, and I know in some countries, um, a lot of business owners culturally would find that a challenge. I don't want to hire, you know, junior people who are better qualified than me, smarter than me. I do it all the time <laughs> because uh, having, you know, different views, different backgrounds, different education, 
you know, really smart people around you lifts the whole business. So um, always, you know, hire really smart people, uh, ambitious people. Um, the, the next one would probably, again, people related, learn to delegate. Um, and, and I think for new business owners, that's a big challenge. So um, you know, people want to hang on to key tasks because they're the best at it. No one else can do it as good as them. Uh, you've, you've got to learn to delegate early on and delegate well. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, okay, I've been in my business for 23 years, but if I leave the business, the business keeps going. And that's because I delegate and I let people, other people take the responsibility and accountability for things. Um, so I, I could actually step out of my business for a couple of months and nothing changes because the business doesn't require me in it. Um, and, and I think particularly for smaller business owners, you've got to get to that point because otherwise you're handcuffed to the business. You don't have a business, you have a job. You have a business when it can work without you. Um, so, I mean, it, it, that provides an interesting opportunity because pre-pandemic, pre um, I would often take two or three months and just head off somewhere and say, I'm, I'm not online. See you later, folks. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I come back and everything's still going okay. Um, so, yeah, learn to delegate. Um, and again, for, for people who are perhaps at the earlier stage of their business, uh, network. Network like crazy. Um, I always made sure, I'm not in a program currently, but for the last 20 years or so, I always made sure I was in some kind of business network program with people who were more successful than me. And I think that's the secret because you become the people that you hang out with. And without being nasty about family and friends, if your family and friends don't run businesses, you're, you're going to pick up the sort of attitudes and things that they have and their attitudes you know, to business. So, you know, my mother was very risk averse. <laughs> I'm going to start another business. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea, you know. Whereas if I'm networking with other highly successful business owners, people up here who, who I want to be like, and I'm saying to them, oh, I'm thinking of starting this. Oh, great idea. Yeah, you know, go for it. So, uh, you know, you need to be in that environment, networking in that environment with people uh, who think like you do, who are probably ahead of you, um, and, and they're going to motivate you more. Thank you for sharing this thing, Rob. And in case anyone wants to follow you or work with you, even how can they reach out to you then? Oh, um, probably on LinkedIn is the best place. Um, and uh, yeah, from there. I mean, I, I, I have a number of YouTube channels, um, so you can look out for those. Uh, my supply chain one is Supply Chain Secrets. Um, we didn't talk about one of my favorite businesses. That's actually an outsourcing business in the Philippines, which which runs as a social enterprise, actually. Uh, that one's called Virtual Done Well, so you can find that on uh, YouTube as well. But uh, LinkedIn generally is the best place to find me. Thank you for joining me today and hope you have a great day ahead. Great talking to you. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. 
the result of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.